82 people, people lost their lives when twin blasts struck the city of Kerman in Iran on Wednesday. Many had gathered at a cemetery to mark the fourth anniversary of the killing of senior military commander General Qasem Soleimani. The attack is one of the deadliest to have hit the country in over 50 years. The attacks in Iran came a day after a top Hamas leader, Saleh al arori was believed to have been killed in an Israeli drone strike in Lebanon. Israel is yet to claim responsibility for the attack, but one Israeli and two U.S. officials confirmed its role to the media organization Axios. The ongoing Israel-Hamas conflict has split the region down the middle, and the war is spilling over to the Red Sea as well. Twelve nations, led by the United States on Wednesday, jointly warned Yemen's Houthi rebels of unspecified consequences unless they halt attacks on Red Sea shipping vessels. The White House message said, and I'm quoting them, the Houthis will bear the responsibility of the consequences should they continue to threaten lives, the global economy and the free flow of commerce in the region's critical waterways. The Houthis, an armed group that controls much of northern Yemen, have been staging drone and missile assaults on Israeli and American targets since the October 7th Hamas-led attacks on Israel. Let me bring in my guest now. Dr. Fouad Izadi is Associate Professor at uh, Faculty of World Studies, University of Tehran, Iran. We have uh, Ambassador Prabhu Deyal as well joining us, who has served as former Deputy Chief of Mission in Iran. And Michael Kugelman is Director of South Asia Institute at the Wilson Center. Dr. Izadi, the blasts were extremely shocking. It would be seen as the first deadliest impact of the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas. Could you give us an update? Uh, there are uh, 84 people uh, on the last uh, count that uh, were killed yesterday in uh, Kerman. Uh, this is uh, about one-third of what the Israelis are uh, killing in Gaza on a daily basis in the last 90 days. Hmm. So in comparison to our brothers and sisters in Palestine, this is not a huge number. Uh, the Israeli genocide continues and uh, Iranians have been supporting the Palestinian cause. I think Indian, Indians also, people who care about human lives, have been doing the same. Uh, and although it's uh, tragic, uh, this is something that's uh, expected from the Israeli terror machine, uh, the state sponsor of terrorism, uh, and uh, they, they are doing it in Gaza, they are doing it in uh, Iran, and if they're... Uh, uh, they continue to receive the American support, they will engage in these type of terrorist activities in other places. So the only solution uh, is uh, stopping the genocide in Palestine and uh, stopping this criminal regime. So how will that really stop? Michael, uh, my question is that uh, there are two developments which have happened. One, of course, is the attack on uh, vessels in the Red Sea. And then there is this terror attack, which happens on the death anniversary of Qasem Soleimani. How are these two incidents being viewed? I think that uh, we're seeing um, a case of the war in Gaza uh, expanding uh, in, an, in an indirect sense, that um, we're seeing the Middle East become increasingly destabilized by uh, the war in Gaza. 
And I think that the, the Iran factor certainly looms large here. Iran, of course, is a, a key sponsor of both uh, Hamas uh, and the Houthis and Hezbollah, for that matter. And, you know, this means that um, if you're looking at some of the most active, dangerous, uh, violent, non-state actors in the Middle East, uh, Iran is the common denominator because it sponsors uh, all of them. And I think it's, it's very concerning for many reasons, particularly uh, and especially for India in this context, given that uh, India's energy security is impacted by these Houthi attacks uh, in the Red Sea. And, of course, India has also been hit by several um, attacks in recent years that targeted Israeli uh, facilities in New Delhi, including an explosion that happened uh, near the Israeli embassy recently. Uh, it's unclear who's responsible, but you know, I think that there is some, some whisperings that Iran could have had a role. So it's all very concerning, and it's, it's really a worst-case scenario in the sense that you're seeing the war in Gaza have effects that are playing out in destabilizing ways throughout the Middle East. But, uh, Michael, you know, de-escalation de isn't clearly happening. And it appears that uh, the situation has gone beyond diplomatic solutions. If you look at the warning which has come uh, from the U.S., which was leading this entire group of 12 other countries, it says that the Houthis will bear the responsibility of the consequences because what is happening in the Red Sea is threatening global economy and free flow of commerce, which is very critical in this region. Right. Uh, I think that uh, for those that were hoping that we could see uh, some signs of a de-escalation, uh, that seems increasingly unlikely. And, you know, the, the longer the war in Gaza goes on, obviously the greater chances of broader destabilization um, throughout, uh, throughout the region. Um, so I, I do think that now is not the time when we can expect diplomacy and dialogue to uh, de-escalate, to rein in uh, what has become a series of different flashpoints and exploding into something much more serious. Of course, I do hope that uh, um, you know calmer minds prevail, will prevail and that eventually there will be some type of opportunity. But I think the key is what's happening in Gaza. So long as Israel continues its war there, and so long as it continues its war against Hamas, I don't see any of these other problems calming down. Okay, so this tension is only going to increase, it appears, uh, um, Ambassador Prabhu Deyal. Uh, give us... You know, because if there are 12 nations which have issued a statement along with U.S. against the Houthi rebels, then this bloodiest, deadliest attack which has happened, which has killed innocent people, and a day that has been chosen is very, very critical again. So, Ambassador Prabhudayal, where is it all heading? It's well, not Maria, only, I share it's not only disturbing the region, but it is ha spilling over to other countries as well. Other parts Absolutely. of Asia and beyond. I share your concerns about the prospects of a broader Middle East conflict. And you have correctly pointed out that uh, the uh, deadly blasts which killed over 100 innocent people in Kerman, in southern Iran, which I visited when I was posted in Iran, along with the drone strike that killed the senior Hamas leader, in Beirut, these two only compound the situation arising from the attacks by the Houthis on commercial ships transiting the Red Sea. So the situation is very dangerous. An earlier speaker mentioned 
that a lot of the shipping lines would be disrupted and India's energy supplies could be disrupted. But this is going to happen for a whole host of other countries. So let me put it very frankly, the situation is very serious and it is necessary for all the countries who could be affected to put their heads together and try to get it short. And then, you know, because this war is spilling over from the war in Gaza to Red Sea and other places as well, uh, Dr. Zadi, talking specifically about Iran and its role, there have been warnings which have come not only from Israel, from U.S. So do you think this, this uh, attack would be linked to the ongoing um, Israel-Hamas war? Obviously, uh, the people who orchestrated the attack in uh, Kerman killing uh, about 100 innocent uh, civilians, including children, are the same people that killed uh, Qasem Soleimani four years ago. Yeah, they think by terrorizing uh, Iranian people, they can stop the resistance against the uh, terror state. Uh, and this is a huge mistake. You know, uh, in the evening of the terrorist attacks in Kerman, and I think you are showing the pictures on, on your screen, uh, we had thousands of people uh, coming uh, to a center in Tehran in support uh, of uh, the Palestinian cause in commemoration of Qasem Soleimani's uh, uh, assassination, uh, knowing that a similar event was bombed in Kerman just a few hours earlier. So this is the nature of the Iranian people. They resist the oppression. They will continue to do that. With regard to Yemen, uh, you know, the Yemenis have said repeatedly and th that the aim uh, is to damage Israeli economy, not the world economy. They are targeting Israeli ships. They are targeting ships that are going to Israel. And they are not targeting any other ships. They are not targeting Indian ships or Japanese ships or Chinese ships are targeting Israeli ships because that's that's all they can do in terms of stopping the genocide, trying okay. to stop the genocide. Okay, Michael, US, UK and over 40 countries will be going to polls amidst this uh, war. Uh, do you think it will have an impact on domestic politics and the image of these leaders also in these countries, you know, Joe Biden and, and, and the UK Premier? Well, I think for the U.S., uh, there certainly is uh, a lot of concern about what's happening, just because don't forget that, uh, you know, the Biden administration has wanted to um, de-emphasize its strategic focus on the Middle East. It's been trying to, uh, you know, to pivot to, to Asia and focus more on the Indo-Pacific, as you know. Uh, it doesn't want to be involved in wars uh, in the Middle East. It's been able to, re to reduce its uh, reliance on energy supplies in the Middle East. So it doesn't want to have to be drawn back into the region, and especially because of conflicts and destabilization like what we're seeing now. So U.S. interests certainly are not served by what's happening. Obviously, some would argue that the U.S. is strong support for Israel in its war against Hamas is not making its cause any easier in the sense that it's sort of dragging it down into the region as well. Uh, and you talk about the elections. Yes, you're right. A number of key elections coming up. And uh, it's still early. I mean, the U.S. election, of course, is not until November. But uh, there have been some, some, some commentators that suggest that the U.S. position 
in the war and you know the US strong support for Israel could have some domestic political impacts for him in the US that could uh, could affect his his electoral prospects but i think it's a little too early to speculate on such things question uh, michael you know developed countries are lining up on one side middle east countries uh, which have signed abram accords have decided to take sides so you know it's very clear that it is a clear division and sides have been chosen I, I don't think, and I hope I'm not wrong, I don't think we're going to see a broader war. It's really the proxy conflicts that I'm much more concerned about, particularly, you know, as I was noting before, these violent actors, non-state violent actors, uh, Hezbollah, Hamas, the Houthis that are supported by um, by Iran, that, that's what I worry about, uh, you know, that type of proxy conflict. And I think it's not necessarily a clear case of, of the developed countries lining up on one side and then the, 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 developed, the developed and developing countries lining up on different sides. I don't think so. Uh, I would argue that those countries in the Middle East that had uh, signed on to the Abraham Accords uh, and those countries that might be contemplating joining them, they are, I think, still in a position where they would like to continue to engage um, with with Israel. You know, a country like the UAE, for example, which I think would still be inclined to become a member of the Abraham Accords. But for political reasons, it's not possible for any of that to happen so long as Israel continues to prosecute its war. All right. Uh, Michael Kugelman, Prabhu Deal, and Dr. Fawad Zadi, thank you so much for joining us.